Good evening, Patriots, and it's the end of Sunday, May 7th in the year 2023. Hope you've all had a good weekend. It's an interesting and urgent time we live, and it's an interesting thing to reflect when you have some time that's relatively calm and peaceful in the midst of a world that seems to be just unraveling faster than we can even comprehend it, but it's pretty amazing. Patriots, make sure that right now you're getting a good night's sleep. And with that, you want to make sure that you have the right products to sleep on. And one of those best places to do that is MyPillow.com. MyPillow.com forward slash Bards, promo code Bards. MyPillow's been an unbelievable supporter for patriots across this nation, led by Mike Lindell, who obviously has led the fight to restore the integrity of the election system by going back to 2020. I don't think anybody else keeps pushing that. And I say all that because that means that when you're buying things from my pillow, you're contributing to the cause that's helping fight in favor and for liberty. My pillow's got great products and it's a great service. And many of the products are made here in the United States, which is outstanding. A great philosophy of a company with a CEO that carries Christ in his heart. And there's a big sale going on on many things right now. So matter of fact, let's just get a little message from Mike Lindell. 
You're still looking good. I'm still feeling good. You know, I've got all your MyPillow products. Mattress topper, bed sheets, MyPillows, towels, slippers, blankets, sleepwear, dog Whoa, bed. whoa, Charles. Everyone now can get MyPillow products at huge discounts at MyPillow.com. That's right. Now's the time to go to MyPillow.com or call the number on your screen. Use your promo code to take advantage of our three-in-one sale. We're bringing you exciting new products, overstock specials, and closeout deals you won't find anywhere else. For example, when you buy one of our brand new MyPillow 2.0s, you get another one absolutely free. And with our overstock sale, you save 50% on our luxurious Giza Dream bed sheets. That's as low as $29.99 for the best sheets ever. And with our biggest closeout special, you get our all-season slippers for only $35, or our sandals and slides for just $25. Quantities are limited, and once they're gone, they're gone. And your promo code is BARDS, B-A-R-D-S. Head on over to MyPillow.com. Use that promo code and take advantage of some great savings for some great products. I can't rave enough about those products. They are great. They make a difference in how you sleep, especially in a time like this when there's so much stress on all of us. Patriots, one of the things that we face right now is the reality of a reprobate mind. And I came across this piece. I wanted to share it with you, and we'll talk more about it after this. So take a listen. God has let them have a reprobate mind. So when you see all of this transgender activity and when you see them want to make laws to protect transgender identity and you know it is absolute and total and utter insanity, you know we've reached the reprobate mind. People can't think reasonably, which means there's no way back to sanity. There's no way back. And because it is a divine judgment on them, God doesn't interrupt the course of their thinking down this path of sexual revolution, homosexual revolution. I used to wonder what in the world the reprobate mind could be, but we're living in the middle of it. It is insane, it is irrational, it is ridiculous, and yet it is so strongly in our culture that the society and its leaders are making laws to protect the people who are absolutely insane. It's an interesting perspective and one that I've been giving a lot of thought on all weekend. And what that is is that we keep looking at this as an attack on us. And there is a measure of it. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying there isn't. But it's a very different framing when you consider that these people are living out a judgment. And that was essentially what this pastor said here. And that was John MacArthur, by the way. As a pastor, and I don't disagree with what he's saying. This thing came out of nowhere, and it suddenly just was just this massive global explosion of neurotic insanity that has seized control of all sorts of public institutions and crept into our daily lives in such a crazy way. And though I've read this before, I'm going to read this right now because this is Romans 1, 18 to 32. And it ties in with this principle of a reprobate mind. For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men, who by their unrighteousness suppress the truth. For what can be known about God is plain to them, because God has shown it to them. For his invisible attributes, namely his internal power and divine nature, 
have been clearly perceived ever since the creation of the world in the things that have been made. So they are without excuse. For although they knew God, they did not honor him as God or give thanks to him, but they became futile in their thinking and their foolish hearts were darkened. Claiming to be wise, they became fools and exchanged the glory of the immortal God for images resembling mortal man and birds and animals and creeping things. Therefore God gave them up in the lusts of their hearts to impurity, to the dishonoring of their bodies amongst themselves, because they exchanged the truth about God for a lie and worshipped and served the creature rather than the Creator who is blessed forever. Amen. For this reason, God gave them up to a dishonorable, to dishonorable passions. For their women exchanged natural relations for those that are contrary to nature. And the men likewise gave up natural relations for, with women and were consumed with passion for one another, men committing shameless acts with men and receiving in themselves the due penalty of their heir. And since they did not see fit to acknowledge God, God gave them up to a debased mind to do what ought not to be done. They were filled with all manner of unrighteousness, evil, covetedness, malice. They are full of envy, murder, strife, deceit, maliciousness. They are gossip, slanderers, haters of God, insolent, haughty, boastful, inventors of evil, disobedient to parents, foolish, faithless, heartless, ruthless. They, Though they know God's righteous decree that those who practice such things deserve to die, they not only do them but give approval to those who practice them. It all ties in with the reprobate mind. And I bring all this up because we're at quite a crisis right now. And I've given a lot of thought this weekend. We've had, I've had a lot of conversations over the weekend to the place where we are now at. This week, Title 42 falls, and it'll be on the 11th. And there's about 700,000 immigrants lining up. And there's a lot of challenge coming into our nation, foreign powers that have been buying up property and houses and housing, fighting age males, and the list goes on and, and just endlessly. And this isn't going to be a necessary time for everybody to choose. You will have to choose whom you serve. And that's been kind of the nature of my weekend of not asking that question, but really pondering that to where do people sit truly in their heart? When we encounter people right now, people really want to get back to normal. There's a very simplistic way of seeing the world. And there's not a lot of awareness for many of the magnitude of the tsunami that's now sitting right at the cusp of us. While I, remember, while I think about it, and it ties in with this, though, and it's the to remind you all that Bards Fest tickets are on sale, and we are running on time now to get this thing organized and going. We are... Uh, Arts Fest to me is, as I have been praying on it, is exactly 
what we need, and I think it's what God wants us to have. I mean, I, I, don't, I think I did all this because God let it. And it's something that um, we are at a very critical time right now overall for us to come together and to literally start building the strength in the warriors and the shepherds. And I read this the other day, but I want to read it again tonight because it all ties in. And this is obviously pretty heavy on my thoughts all weekend, but Bardsfest in Yuba City, and again, you can just go to bardsfest.com or just go to bardsfm.com and it's you'll see the Bardsfest link. But Bardsfest in Yuba City is the first of a couple of Bardsfests, and we want to bring as many people there as possible. And, and with obviously there's an upper cap of 900, and I want to fill out that 900 because this is a part of bringing Bards Nation and integrating it in with another great community, which is the Church of Glad Tidings community. But the real theme this year is, is awakening the warriors and the shepherds for a time such as this. We live in a time where evil walks openly in our world. The, the warrior and shepherds of Christ are being called to make a stand. It is time to gather and hear the words of Father to inspire the hearts of the righteous. Bards Fest is about fellowship, families, breaking bread, and lighting the campfires to bring the soldiers together and replenish the spirit and the faith in Jesus. Each day will be filled with speakers, filled with the Holy Spirit to empower and inspire, and each night will be a coming together to share a meal, pray, and worship in the Father. We are being called to take a stand. Behold, I've given you authority to walk on snakes and scorpions and authority over all the power of the enemy and nothing will injure you, Luke 10, 19. To be bold and wield the power of the Holy Spirit. Truly, truly, I say to you, the one who believes in me, the works that I do, he will do also, and greater works than these he will do, because I am going to the Father, John 14, 12, and to see the greater wisdom of our Father. Thus says the Lord, stand by the roads and look and ask for the ancient paths where the good way is, and walk in it and find rest for your souls. But they said, we will not walk in it. Jeremiah 6, 16, the split in the road that we now face. So I hope you all join us, as many of you as can. Tickets are on sale. We've got myself speaking, uh, Pastor Dave Bryan, Pastor Anthony Thomas, Mark and Tina Wesson, Lieutenant Colonel Doc, uh, Lieutenant Colonel retired Pete Chambers. We've got um, retired Sergeant Major Joe Vega, who is uh, Special Forces, and he's a Somali veteran. He was actually... The one of the guys that's depicted in Black Hawk Down is a Delta team. We've got Shemaine Nugent going to be there and some other people that are still lining up. And we're going to have some nice breakout sessions. And Dr. Frank, I forgot about that. Dr. Frank is going to be there. And he's going to be doing some seminars on how to do the door-to-door -door canvassing to give your sheriff the necessary tools to make arrests for voter fraud, which is important, and other things. So we have some good things happening, and it's going to be a great festival, and I hope that you really will make every effort to be there. It's really good. So all this has been on my mind this weekend. This We've had some conversations, and I've had some time in the garden today planting, but there's a certain sense of urgency right now. 
and it's an urgency because it's there's really no more time. It feels like we're at a very important turning point, I guess I should say. With the border now, the border crisis looming, we've got financial crises looming. The the distraction of the war in Ukraine has failed. The consequences of this injection continue to hit the public as the die-off continues. And with that, we have the vacancies that are occurring in our labor forces, massive changes happening. And this evil that we're dealing with is playing a very long game. They're trying to keep three steps ahead. Defunding the police, leaving our communities very vulnerable. And this is a time right now when really we have to be very focused on obviously the centerpieces to all of what we do, which is our faith and our strength in Father. I don't know about you, but I've been finding myself being awakened every morning now at like 3 a.m. And it's just immediately I go into prayer and it feels like that's where I need to be. And there's, a, again, it's a, it's a sense that our prayers are going to become increasingly important. So as you know, I think it was on Friday night, I talked a bit about this concept of a bifurcated world of quantum space, a lot of things that not everybody feels comfortable with in faith. And that's fine, and that's how I framed it. But there's an interesting note that I received from one of our great listeners. And his comment was this. He said, as you talk about quantum space, about how there can be different realities, he said, we are living in the reality where the majority of the people have denied Jesus. And that's a true statement. A large percentage of, the, of at least this country over the time but that also means that we can shift it, and I think that we are. And the momentum, though, is going to be centered on our ability to continue our prayers and focus and our work on the ground to what's going on. The threats are real, and the thing is, though, that we have to be very cognizant of not letting the fear and the, those monsters that go and those things that go bump in the night under the bed shape the way we're seeing the world. If we're really embracing who we are, we are the, we are truly the mighty men and women of the world. We are the children of the Most High, and it's significant. And our we have testimony to that every Friday. We pray. I mean, our prayers make a difference. But every Friday, we're now seeing as we come together as a group for Prayer Friday and bended knee, we're getting weekly testimonials of the power of prayer. It's a real war out there. It's a war of good and evil. And while we sit comfortably on one hand in, in our places, which we, I believe truly is our, our homes are becoming increasingly like these little kingdom sanctuaries if we're praying into things and living in that space. But the world around us is literally living through a judgment, and that's that reprobate mind. And, and that's really at the core of everything for my whole weekend, because as I was reflecting on this, I'm like, my goodness, that's such an incredible paradigm shift. Because when we're looking at the enemy, we're looking at an enemy as a threat and a fear 
There's a fear component. I don't care how you dice it. There's an uneasiness and anxiety, whatever you want to call it. I, I say this because I'll usually get some comments. You're like, dude, you must have an obsession with fear. I've, I used to get this a lot. I don't get it much anymore because you're talking about fear all the time. Are you afraid? It's like, no. But there's no question that when you're looking at an enemy that's very violent, you should have a measure of anxiety because that's what keeps your senses sharp and you're on edge. It's not a team operator in the world that will tell you if they, they'll tell you that if any one of their team members never has that edge going into conflict, they're they're a liability to the team. So there is always a measure of anxiety and edge. Some for some people that becomes fear. For some people that becomes debilitating fear or even depression. But we're dealing with something very real right now, which is a massive change. We can feel it, and there's a massive threat to our nation. I mean, the world has ganged up on us, but it's ganged up on us in a very simple way because we have put ourselves into this world as a nation by walking away from God and from our Savior, Jesus. So as we're sitting here very powerfully in our prayer and praying into this, and I do believe that that's the, one of the great roles of the remnant right now is to be able to continue with that prayer and vigilance to lead those out of the darkness. There are many in this nation that are living through a judgment, and for that matter, many in the world. And it does remind me of Habakkuk as he's being told what is to come, and he's shocked. He's like, God, why would you bring in the hordes of Babylon to destroy us. And he arrives at the point at the end of that of just saying, Father, you know, whatever your will is, I'm here because I know your love is greater than all of this. But in God's greater plan, it's hard for us to realize why sometimes we have to go through these difficult times. But we've all walked through this. This is a critical time in the history of the world where there's not a person on the face of this planet that hasn't been touched by the COVID con or threatened with some sort of injectable death shot. And there isn't a person, there isn't anybody in this world when we're through with this that won't have been confronted with the realities of famine and food shortages and other things and, and tyranny. We've been very ins insulated in this nation and we're not going to grow up and appreciate the gifts that God gave us until we confront some of these greater realities that we were instrumental in creating around the world. President Putin has said recently that 95% of the terrorism in the world was created by the CIA. I wouldn't doubt that for a second. But we need that warrior heart awakened. I want to read you something. This is a friend of mine who is going to be, and I mentioned him, his name already, Joe Vega. He's going to be at Bard's Fest. This is a soldier soldier. He's been on the show before. This is a soldier soldier. This is, the, this is the heart of a warrior. This is a man who has done this his whole life. He started in 1976 and he joined the U.S. Army's 175th Ranger Battalion. And then later went on to join Special Forces where he was a sniper and then became a team sergeant and then after that, he joined 1st Special Forces Operation Detachment Delta, which is, as you know it, Delta Force. 
where he spent 20 years of his life. And he was on the ground in Somalia and has, was, has been depicted by one of the characters in the black movie Black Hawk Down. He's, uh, he's been a great friend of mine. We, we worked together at Asymmetric Warfare Group, and he was, he was my boss, immediate boss. But I want you to just, I want to read this piece, and I don't know what these will mean to you, but I'll explain them if we need to. Over the course of his career, it, medals in the military are given, in, at least in this time frame, they, it's not everybody gets a trophy, trust me. I don't know where the military is in this current state, but in the era that Joe is in, medals meant something. He's received two silver stars, two purple hearts, five bronze stars with valor, the Legion of Merit, the Combat Infantry Badge with two stars, that means combat, Halo Jumpmaster with one star, which means he jumped a Halo high altitude, low, low release mission in combat, a static line Jumpmaster, with star, which means he did that in combat. I bring all that up because, and I'm excited to have him talk because he is a, he has the heart of a soldier in him, even to this very day. He's not, he you would never know this. Matter of fact, he, he would not openly want me to talk about all this, though I have his permission to do it. But it's a selfless commitment to service of this nation. Joe's been in literally every conflict that we've been in. And it's never been an issue about politics. And this is the one great thing that good soldiers understand. There is such a thing as pure evil in this world. And evil lurks within our ranks and it lurks without, within the outer world. Joe's one of these people that has walked a very solid moral line in his life. There is good and there's bad. And he's very clear with that. He walks with Christ He's a powerful reminder of the sort of spirit that is needed in a time such as this. That's really, we get to this is what I've called the martyrdom spirit. It is not want, we, the martyrdom attitude or, or martyrdom spirit, I guess. It isn't that we're looking to have people run out here and charge mightily up the hill with your bayonet and be left in the carcasses along the way. But it is the commitment to doing your mission fearlessly and completely and with an intensity and even a ruthlessness to ensure that your mission as God gives it to you is completed in full as the task was a given. And that means overcoming many times many of the things that were given, ailments, pains in the body, doubts, fears, whatever that is. Those burdens are there for us to learn to manage and overcome. And those burdens, too often people embrace and see them as their albatross, their anchor. And instead of facing them and overcoming them, they let them, let these burdens control them. Joe's one of these people that there aren't 
any fears that he allows into his life. He overcomes them. And he will be, I'm anxious for everybody to meet him because he's one of the most humble warriors you'll ever meet, especially with the magnitude of accomplishments that sit underneath his belt. He is an unbelievable father and he's an unbelievable granddad. He has a grandson that is, he is literally spends every moment he can with. And he's just a great friend. Patriots, I, I highlight people like this because they're just good reminders of the greatness that God puts on this earth and the different ways that they come. Each one of us has something very valuable to give right now, extremely valuable. I was on a call today with some guys for some project we're working on, and they're all special operations guys. And it's a group that was, has come together to work on some current issues that we face with the border crisis and a few other things. And it's a very eclectic mix of people and very different backgrounds. You have special forces, you have SEALs on this team, you have information warfare guys like myself. You've got people that have worked in support of special operations teams. And when you come together in a group like that, what's really awesome is there's zero ego. I, I, I always enjoy working with these professionals because there's no ego. Everybody's on the table with, this is what I've accomplished. This is what I bring. Tell me how I can serve. And literally, I, I think that we're at a place right now where that's going to be required for America, for this country. As we look around the world and we see the craziness that's going on, Ukraine, Russia, the, the dog and pony show of this ridiculous crowning of the king and watching the lizard heads go through their orchestration of diminished power. At the same time, across the globe, we're watching a, a group of people that have betrayed their belief in a nation and are all working towards a common goal of achieving power for themselves. These people are derelict. They have soullessness that walks within them. They have no moral base. They'd probably sell their grandmother for a, a line of crack if they needed to. They're just that type of people that will do anything for whatever ends up giving them an advantage or a power. That's not a world that we live in, by the way. And this is where we have to really start realizing that. And this is why exemplar to this is someone like Joe Vega. And we need these examples. Because in a time when there's so much noise and confusion out here, it seems like these people control everything. They have influence and leverage, but they definitely do not control us. And we need to be in, in the strength of understanding who we serve, whom do we serve. 
The problem is when we're in this world and we're surrounded by the noise and confusion, we often forget that we're subservient not to them but only to God. And part of that is that we're, we've been ambushed as a world. And the ambush is something that's very disorienting. And the ambush leaves you trying to find your footing, sometimes well beyond the point that you need to, but you're still, you can be disoriented. And then you have to make a decision how you're going to proceed. The people that are coming in, that they're bringing into this nation as replacements, and that's what's happening. They are coming here not to be your friend. They aren't coming here to be a peaceful replacement. They're coming here to steal and to kill. They're Satan's legions. And this is going to require as a nation for us to make a decision of what is important to us. When you read of acts of valor that are represented in terms of silver stars and purple hearts and bronze stars with valor and the legion of merit and the list goes on like Joe. This is somebody who was fierce and ruthless in his tasks because he believed not just in his mission and not just in his teammates, but he believed in a value principle of this country that was greater than anything anybody could try to take away from him. Right now, we're, we're still in this kind of twilight of nonsense where people are trying to rationalize of how do we, how do we deal with this new, this new period of time of people being gender flipped and how, how do we deal with a youth that seems to be giving more and more authority than what they do? How do we deal with a government that's in overreach? In a world where I'm accustomed to working, in a world where Joe operated in, those aren't questions you ever ask. Right now, we are dealing very clearly with an enemy. And it's taken on many different forms, but it's an enemy. That enemy is trying to go after your children. It's the enemy that divided us in families over the COVID con. It's the enemy that has been delivering the shot to kill people and to maim people. It's the enemy that's keeping our border open. Every single politician in D.C. is complicit in that army of enemies because not one of them is calling for the border to be shut. It's an enemy that will lie to you, twist, do whatever is needed to try to placate you. And the problem is that as a society, a couple of things have happened. People have become disempowered. They start to look to an institution that itself is corrupted to solve the problems of corruption, which can't happen. And we ultimately have to take power back and be what we're supposed to be. We're supposed to be the authorities of this earth, not the lizard heads that are telling us what to do, not subjected to their stuff. So it's important that we, we keep this very much in mind right now because there's a lot of confusion going on in people's minds. When I sit with a group of people where we share a common mindset, which um, the mindset is very simple. We all understand the values in the Constitution we stand for. We're 
committed to seeing that end restored in this nation. But in between that and all these people out here, the decisions people make, the only thing between good decisions and the decisions they're making is the lack of truth. So really, in the end of the day, it doesn't get very complicated in the fight. What we're trying to seek here is a place where truth is before us all. And what's happened is we have lie and deception as the primary vehicle of delivering any information, and truth gets sidelined. And that takes many different forms. I mean, obviously, it's a major fight, and it's a major restoration of a nation to get back to that. But it's what we're really fighting for. In that world, we're not going to, we're not necessarily going to get rid of the fools that want to worship Satan and and want to become gender flippers. There's going to be those. But the truth is that it's not right. It's not normal. It's not biologically sound. There is no such thing as choosing your gender. Those are the truths that need to be established, especially for the youth that are being influenced. Somebody gets to be an adult and they want to go out and have their weenie snip. That's their problem. I, but when they start to make that the untruth, the foundation of truth, that's purely demonic. And that's ultimately, we're trying to restore the place where the truth is the foundation of everything. And that's a big fight. But it takes a commitment to something that you believe in greater. Because when you're there, it, nothing that happens to you matters. But, it, but what you do value is your family and the station which God puts you in. And that means that you're willing to fight for that until your last breath. And that means every single one of us digging in deep to Father and getting very clear with him where that mission step is that he wants us to be and becoming the best we can possibly be at it. The one thing that is amazing when you work, I, I mean, it's equal, but I'm just saying it's always wonderful to work with the guys in special operations and, and especially like with somebody like Joe. These are high-level perfectionists. That's the world I come from. And you, you do your task, you do your skill set, and you just... You go over and over and over and over. And you become the best you can be at it. The heroes, or at least the ones that hit the Hollywood headlines, are those that are on the point of the spear. That's who we look at. And what we don't often see, for example, are those guys in the back end. Like, you'll never do anything without somebody who's incredible at logistics. And you're never going to do anything without somebody making sure that that food that people get is on time or ammo is on time. Whether it's the pilot that's flying through gunfire or whether it's the guy working on the back end to coordinate some crazy logistics deal to move through difficult areas to get supply. There's pieces all the way through this. If it's the JAG officer, which is like the attorney to the commander that is I worked for a commander that fired four JAGs, or three. He always took him to, to fourth one before he got one he liked because every single JAG that he had would tell him he can't. And he turned and he said, you're fired. I need somebody to tell me I can and tell me how it can be done. 
And that's the problem is we deal with so much of the I can'ts. This nation was built on the I can's, not the can'ts. This nation was built on people that said, I, could, I can become an overcomer. And those are the symbolisms that come out of, in a positive way, of people like Joe Vega that are there to remind us of how one person can overcome impossible odds and still be here to talk about it and still have many of his buddies here to talk about it because he did his job in an exemplar level. This week is going to be an intense week in shows. And I've been, again, I'm just kind of giving you my reflections for a Sunday. This is, it's been an interesting weekend because I've gone from literally just kind of in a normal time when I'm spending time all with, just with father, but I, it's been an intense weekend because I, I did an interview with, it'll be this week. I'll air it this week with Michael Yan. I've set up interviews this week with Colonel Pete Chambers, with Todd Callender, and Pastor Dave Bryant. And why all this is coming up here is that all of this is prescient in a time. Sometimes in those spaces where we want to take some time for ourselves, it becomes more of a point of tightening up our kit and doing the assessments that one needs to come because the time in which we live is accelerating to a point of criticality. And I think we can all feel it. I don't know when it's going to happen. I don't know what's going to happen. But we're dealing in a system that's being completely overstressed. And it's the conflicting systems. You have one that's resonating well and deeply well with prayer and through Father. And we see that as evidence, like I said earlier, every Friday. And we have another one. It's just resonating in this strange discord of a vibe. And that's demonstrated in this tomfoolery of the Navy putting a transgender cross-dresser up as their recruiter recruitment video, or you've got Joe Biden sniffing little girls. And the thing is that the public, for the most part, is tolerating it. We're just kind of going along with it, going, okay, whatever. In that other world where there is a good and a bad, there isn't toleration for it. But we're somehow being shackled in this place of tolerating it. We all have to get in our hearts a very clear place of what is right and what is wrong. And so as I went through the weekend, everything was kind of framing around that. You know, there's a timing on everything and there's a pace in everything and all that's connected with God in the way he works through us. But there's a diligence of having to get things done and doing so when they need to be done, no matter what the obstacles are. And those things that we're doing aren't getting any less, they're getting more least for most and definitely for me. And you just have to look at what's there, trust in him and keep moving and listening to him closely. But there's this is a world right now that's laced with the I can'ts and the doubts and it's all over. And if you really sit and feel it, it's it's like we're cutting through this jungle of I can'ts and doubt. 
And there is no I can't or doubt in heaven. And that's where our role, if you want to look at it in a, in a visual metaphor, becomes so significant is because we're literally cutting and swashes, cutting pathways through this. It's like clearing brush or clearing out a jungle with your machete. We're literally cutting swashes through all of this. And in so doing, we're leaving a pathway for others behind us to follow and realize that there is a way through that says, I can And it's the I can that wins. Unfortunately, our enemy is obsessed with an I can for their two-bit little God. I can do this for you. And so they do their signs and symbols and they do their pathetic ritual stuff. And because they know that our God is greater than theirs. This, it's fundamentally this simple. But the question is, do we really know that our God is greater than theirs, right? When you're in a situation where you're outmanned, over, overgunned, the one thing in a firefight you never question is whether you're going to win. You've already won in your mind. You just have to figure out a way to destroy decisively everybody on the other side. And usually that sort of attitude does win because the enemy too often underestimates that resolve. And if there's one thing that defines the American patriot, it's the fact that most enemies underestimate the resolve of the American patriot heart. So there's going to be an increasing amount of information this week and the weeks to come of the chaos that we face. And there are people that are going to paint some pretty heavy pictures and they're, they are dark. But the overcomer, the overcoming mentality is, and what they're doing is they're trying to press the urgency of what we face before us. And that's just like any sort of intelligence brief. You're going to hear the, the, what the face of the enemy is like. The question you have to ask is, are you going to look at that and say, I'm afraid and I'm going to go away? Or are you going to look at that and say, I'm going to find the weakness and I'm going to exploit the vulnerability, and I'm going to decisively destroy the enemy. COVID, the COVID con knocked everybody back on their feet. Those who stayed knocked back wallowed in the fear and the anxiety and the questions. But everybody that's here now understood, understands more than ever what it's like to be ambushed. And it's not pleasant. But that ambush is coming again. They're counting on it. They're counting on people being weak. And this is where that fire in your heart has to be lit intensely. What do you believe in so much you're willing to sacrifice everything to defend? Simple question. But it's an important one. And when you are able to answer that and let that sit there with that righteous fire in your heart. You are one of the most fierce people on the battlefield. 
I had a, in this conversation we had today, I talked about Bard's Nation. And I'd say this was this conference call I had with some amazing guys. Like I said, Navy SEAL, Special Forces, just great guys. And this is my, it was a, a soft counseling I was giving to them because in, within the special operations community, it is easy to start to see yourself as different. But this is what I shared with them. And these guys have all been through hell, by the way, with his, the threats on their career. Some have been kicked out of the Department of Defense because they refused to take the vax. Every one of us is anti-vax, to be very clear about it. But this is how I explained Bars Nation. These are people that are battle-tried now. They have been through a real sense of warfare. It looks different than the bullets, but it's real in terms of the effect. Divided families, lost jobs, lost friendships, isolation, berating information warfare campaigns against them, whether it's a whisper campaign by friends and family or whether it's direct confrontation calling them fools and crazy. They've had to overcome their own challenges. They've had to overcome their own mental doubts. They've had to dig in deep with Father God. And what they've discovered is they're stronger than they thought they were. What they've discovered is this war is very real. And what they've discovered is how much they love this country, how much they love their family, and how much they love Father God and our Savior, Jesus. That value shift creates a fierce warrior. They may not know always because they haven't been through the training of special operations or training to learn about influence operations or psyops. They may not know all the tools and skills, but they're eager, they learn quick, they adapt, and they're ferocious when they light into it. They're a standing army ready to stand with God, to stand for kingdom, and to protect this nation. Now you notice, as I described that, not once did I mention anybody was going to pick up a gun, though that may, that time may come. But it's not everybody's job. And this is part of the problem that we still struggle with as a nation, is that somehow everybody is supposed to be defending things with a bullet. God has everybody in a place right now where we need to be. But those fundamental things that we all need to be doing, like growing food, setting up home churches, taking care of our health and wellness, homeschooling, supporting people with homeschooling, stewardship and conservation, becoming aware of what's going on in our communities, our health and our wellness, all of these things. They're the fundamental pillars that gives us the strength to stand up in this time and to be fearless and to lead our community. And leadership takes many forms. But as I sat here today and I was reflecting on three years in this, four years this month for this podcast and three years that I've been working on my garden, and I looked at the garden as a metaphor to where so many of us have come. The garden was hard-packed clay when I started. 
it was it took me sometimes two days to dig a single bed. It was that hard. It took that much sifting. It took that much digging, breaking of the clay. It was it was brutal. And then there had been a lawn on top of it. And I don't know if you ever deal with these lawns, but all this grass that they put in always has this sort of, uh, when you get grass that they grow and then they roll out as kind of like the turf. It's real grass, but they have this, um, I don't know, some sort of a woven net that holds all the seed and stuff together. And that gets buried in the ground. And I looked at this garden today and we've got a beautiful garden growing up this year. We've got and we're doing some expansion again on it. And I mean, it's it's already vibrant. The strawberries are already starting. We've got beautiful uh, chard that's growing. Today I did potatoes and I did lettuce and I did spinach and I got all the starters in. And I, the other day I put in tomatoes and I put in carrots and I'm going to put in more carrots and beets tomorrow. And by the end of the week, this thing is all planted. And it's... I've gone from the point of will something grow, that was when I first started, to seeing how it will grow because I know how rich that soil is. And that's really the shift I think that all of us have been part of. It's just a question of whether you are willing to acknowledge it. Three years ago, we were asking if we could get through this. Someone asked me tonight, do you think we'll win? I said, there's no question we will win. How we get from here to there, I can't tell you. But we are have already won because we've won in our hearts. And beyond the fact that as we people always like to say to me, well, God won, that's not what I'm talking about. This fight, we are on the ground viscerally living through. And we have choices to make. And the question right now is, do you believe that we are going to win? Do you look at your garden and see it as one that will prosper or will you doubt what you put in the ground and if it will grow? That's where we have to decide. I know what I've decided. My garden's going to be awesome. This victory's ours to have. And I don't care what comes at me. I don't care what challenge is set before me. Because the first and foremost thing above all things is that I have put all my faith through Christ to our Father. And whether he speaks boldly or quietly, I trust wherever he has me going, every step is exactly where he needs me. And I know that if I misstep a bit, he'll guide me. But there is absolutely nothing to fear or any anxiety to have because Right now is what we were born for. And what's ahead, no matter how difficult, how challenging, how unexpected, how unsettling, he's trusted in us, so we better trust in him. Patriots, as we close for prayer tonight, we're going to do an additional prayer, and we're going to include this in our prayer tonight. One of the guys in the group that I was with today is a, deal with a, he's a medic. He was a special forces medic. And there was a New Jersey police officer that they would, had worked on that was shot not too long back and died today. And so we're going to pray for his family and 
His name is uh, Robert Schisler. He was a 27-year-old police officer. And he was in a... He was chasing somebody down by foot, and there was a struggle. And the person he was struggling with shot him in the leg, and it ended up needing a tourniquet. And unfortunately, that didn't hold well. There was an amazing amount of bleed out, and he eventually passed away. So we'll pray for him as we pray tonight. Father, we want to thank you for this evening and just some quiet reflection and just really reflecting very deeply on the the paths you've had us on, each one of us, different paths, paths to strengthen, paths to test, paths to refine, paths to to raise up. And I think too often, Father, we, we forget that you're not a God to break us down. You're a God to build us up. And unfortunately, in a world that is built around the I can't or the doubt or the questioning, too often we take things to the negative optic as if it's punishment or if we're supposed to be down, and we know that we're not. Our prayers tonight are lifting up. Our prayers tonight are for that raising up of that indomitable spirit, that victory in the heart to understand the mightiness of who we are, not just to be an overcomer, but to be a person who sees the glory of the garden that has not yet grown. To see the perfection of what stands before us and to embrace who we really are. We are a challenging people because we tend to migrate too often to a negative perception on too many things rather than seeing each moment as an opportunity to grow. I'm reminded today, Father, as I was planting some of these seedlings, how they have struggled to grow. And now, as each one's placed in the ground, they're not questioning whether they're going to live or die. Their mission is to grow and to get big and to prosper. When we put bees in a hive, they're not questioning whether they will get enough food to live. Their mission is to survive, to grow, and to prosper. So, Father, we're just praying for that sort of clarity in people's hearts, whoever is out there that needs to hear this, that this is not a time to question, but a time to embrace the perfection and the glory and the mightiness in which you put into each one of us. The only question is whether we will believe. Father, with that, tonight we add to our prayers a prayer for the family of Officer Robert Bobby Schisler, 27-year-old who had just passed away on May 7th in the hospital. It's a blessed story to hear who was there present and the, the prayers and the honor that they gave him for his service. It's a tragic story of what became in an effort to try to do his job diligently, having been shot by somebody who he was in pursuit with and, in, and detaining. Father, we pray for him. We pray for his family. We pray for their strength. We pray for the healing of their hearts. These are difficult times. 
And often these moments pull us away. And again, we see the negative. Pray that the family can embrace the beauty of who Robert Bobby Schisler was, the gift that he brought to them, and to turn more deeply to you and their love in Jesus in these moments and not be lured away by the whispers and the lies. And in closing, Father, we, tonight we just pray for that sort of continued clarity in people's hearts. In a world that is consumed constantly and increasingly by a deception of demonic and a deception of evil that constantly wants to drag people off the path in whispers, in temptations, in lures of idolatries. May the hearts of those that hear, may the eyes of those that see, be focused only on you. Not to be deceived, but to stay true to the path and to continue to climb on the narrow path. To be overcomers, to be the warriors in Christ, to be the shepherds, to be those that each community, each place that they're in needs in the times to come. Guide us and protect us. And we say these things in Christ Jesus' name. Amen. Well, Patriots, thanks for hanging out tonight. It's been good. It's been an interesting weekend, just some quiet reflections. Hope you're getting your gardens going. We are constantly growing. We're not static. And I think that's kind of my final word tonight. We're constantly growing. The problem is that we tend to get locked into these cycles, these OODA loops of same old, same old. We keep looking at ourselves and we keep saying, I can't do this or I'm overcoming this or I'm hooked in this or whatever it is. I think the first thing to say to that is all things can be forgiven with repentance. So take it to Father. Repent. Clean up that muck. And just embrace the magnificence of being a child of the Most High. Celebrate what we have before us. Embrace the moments that we have. When the enemy comes, confront him with the mightiness of the heart of kingdom. Don't let him intimidate you. Don't let him persuade you. And with all the things that we're going to be discussing this week and that will be in the news increasingly, accept the fact that we're going to go through a difficult time as a nation because we're going to. We have to. We have to be refined again and return back to him. But also know in your heart that God's got you. I think if we're very honest about where most of us are right now, and I'm sure there are exceptions, but God has us exactly where he needs us. And he's keeping us solid, even in the midst of storms. And some of those storms can be pretty intense. So keep your eyes on Christ. Keep your head up and your eyes forward. Never bow to evil, never relent. Always press into the fight. God is with us. He'll never forsake us. And in the end, God always wins. But we are here in this time, in this place, for just such a time as this. We are at war. So walk boldly and fearlessly with Christ. Occupy the land. Expand the kingdom. Subdue the enemy. Mission forward. Patriots, I'll see you tomorrow 
for bended knee. Until then or until the next time, God bless, good night, thank you, and out for now. Sometimes it takes all you got to be.